Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 154 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. With just 17 cuts, a pancake can be cut up into 154 pieces. This is known as the Lazy Caterer's Sequence. It's Thursday, so for Throwback Thursday, we're going to talk about a video response regarding the position of your index finger for the pendulum serve. In the questions, we look at the best way to attack a long, low ball, how to choose your receiving position, and how to position yourself for the forehand topspin. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Alois Rosario, super coach, is with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, yes, another good show coming up. Number 154. Yeah, 154. Very exciting number. But I've got something better for you. I've got this day in history. And today, 1969. What happened today in 1969, Jeffrey? Um, man landed on the moon? Close. Apollo oh. 11 was launched. Well done. Apollo 11 was launched from Cape Kennedy, the first mission to successfully land on the moon. Wow, that is actually pretty exciting. I do like, you know, the thought of space travel and Apollo 13, separate from this, but what a great movie, I've just got to say. Yeah. And what about, what about um, what's the name of the, uh, the, 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 um, the that's near Pluto? The, the planet? No, yeah, the, the little spacecraft they've got up there taking pictures and going past Pluto. Yes, exactly. That's um, that's pretty good. And I, I saw on Facebook someone said, um, first pictures back look a bit worrying, and they had a picture of the Death Star from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny. Now, Alois, yes. yesterday's Ping Skills question of the day was, what is the best part of the pingskills.com website? What responses did we yeah. have? We had a few responses. So on the um, on the Facebook page, a few people uh, like the Ask the Coach forum, um, uh, teaching methods with numerous videos. Um, every video, especially the premium videos, said Shahin. Uh, Samira said every single thing. Thank you. And Alan Jian said me, as in himself. So, so uh, Alan's obviously. Uh, quite happy about himself and on the blog we had some good comments there um, so Costab said that the vault was uh, his favorite part of the the uh, ping skill site and and I think it's an underutilized section we'll talk a little bit about the vault in a sec um, uh, Nigel said uh, the blog is great it gives me something to listen to at uh, breakfast and brings up new ideas that I can look at later when I was a premium member, the various video sections have been great benefit to my game. And Dieter, Dieter's always got some good comments. Um, so he said the best part of Ping Skills is definitely the basic videos you guys have provided to the community. And next is the Ask the So uh, particularly Alloys' progressive appreciation of the number facts. Really? <laughs> 153 more shows and you'll have a course on number theory <laughs> thank you Dita uh, very good okay that moves us on to today's Ping Skillers question of the day which is 
What is the most important part of your game? Is it technique, tactics, fitness, and mental? So again, get involved, be part of the conversation. You can do it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash pingskills, or on our blog, great, um, yeah, pingskills.com, and click on the blog link. Love to hear your thoughts. What's the most important part of your game? All right, Alois. Um, now, you did mention the vault. Do you want to talk about the vault a little bit? Yeah, so the vault um, is... Is, is a section I think that doesn't get used enough by our Ping Skills members. So what the vault is, is it's a, just a way for you to record things like your training sessions and also record information about your opponents. So in there you can have a, a really nice concise um, place where you can record all of that. So. Um, some people love recording their training sessions and, and that way you can keep a track of firstly how much you've trained but also what you've been focusing on with your training and, and it's good to then look back and say, ah, okay, so at that stage I was playing well and this was the focus of what I was doing with my training and I was training this amount of uh, uh, hours a day. Um, also, great use for the tactical um, uh, or, or to remember tactics against different players. So just by going in there, you can record, okay, when I played Jeff uh, this time, uh, the things that worked for me were that I was top spinning to his forehand and his forehand block was no good, but his backhand punch was fantastic, so I need to stay away from his backhand punch. So just little things like that. And then they are there for you forever to just keep and refer, refer back to. Guys, get onto it. Utilize the vault. Such a good tool. Excellent. All right. Yeah, and it's easy to get to. Just go to our website, pingskills.com, click on the vault link at the top, and you can get started straight away. Really easy to do. All right. Now, it is Thursday, Alois, which means it's Throwback Thursday. So we in this segment, we look at older videos, and today... We're going to look at a video response to a question about the pendulum serve and the index finger position. What do we know about this, Alois? Yeah, so yes, yeah, so that was an interesting one. So, um, so this was in response to a question that we had in, on, on the Ask the Coach show, and um, we, we've done a lot of video responses uh, to questions as well, to particular questions. So this was one to, you know, where do you, where do you put this index finger for the pendulum serve? There's a few different spots that work for you uh, or for, yeah, it can work for you. So some people like to have it all the way across there. It gives them a bit more stability when they're, when they're doing the pendulum serve. Some people like to have it here. Um, so f when it's here, you get a little bit more um, flexibility with the wrist. When, you're, when your finger's up a bit higher, um, it tends to limit your your wrist action a little bit, but it adds more stability to your contact, and it just feels like you've got a better control over it. So, just experiment for yourself and see what works for you. So, you know, Jeff and I have different uh, ways of holding our finger when we do it. So, I tend to have the finger a little bit lower. Um, Jeff tends to have his finger a little bit higher. So, um, each player is going to be different. See what feels comfortable. You you need to feel like um, you can really rip the bat through and the bat's not going to fall out of your hand. That's one thing. Um, but then you also need to feel like you've got enough movement and flexibility with your wrist. 
when you when you've got that uh, pendulum grip. So yeah, have a bit of a think about it. Um, experiment a little bit for yourself of where that pointer finger or index finger goes on the back of your bat, and get out there and practice that pendulum serve. Great. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, that may have been a little bit hard to follow through, but we'll have some detailed show notes on our blog, which will show you to the original video response. So jump onto our blog, click on that link, and you'll be able to see the original video, which explains it very nicely. So that was Throwback Thursday. Now um, we get into the questions. And of course, we got one from Brock. Great to have you on the show again, Brock. He says, hey, Pink Skills, I've improved my block a lot now. Sometimes I surprise my opponents when they topspin the ball and I do a long ball on the other side of the table. I'm getting better. So good to hear some progress there. Well done, Brock. I like it. Love progress. Good work. Great. And he says I need to shave my beard. Um, Yeah, maybe. Exactly, Jeff. Look. I mean, look, hair is hair is overrated, Jeff. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, a lot of people tell me that, so maybe I should listen. All right. Uh, next up is a question from RB who says, how can I attack a low long ball in my forehand or my backhand? If I block or push, my opponent can easily attack it. May I use a flick to long ball or how can I attack and continue to block Usually I want to do a top spin because the ball is low and it might hit my net. Didn't quite get all of that, but can you give some advice here, Alloys? Yeah, so if the ball is long, the option is top spin. It's not really an option. That's what you just have to do, all right? So um, so you don't need – if you push it back, you're just going to give the, your opponent the opportunity. If you block it back, you're just going to give your opponent an opportunity. So if that ball's long – you need to topspin it. So use your forehand topspin. Uh, we've got a really good video of the forehand topspin against backspin. Um, take a look at that. Make particular note of your start and finish position for that stroke. So starting down nice and low, finishing up above your eye level, and the contact needs to be a nice brushing contact on the ball to, to generate that topspin. So work really hard at that stroke. Really important stroke in table tennis because without it, it becomes really difficult to, to initiate the attack in the rally. Yeah. Now, as a sort of a side note, Alice, um, that we're asking about the forehand and the backhand. If it comes to your backhand, is it the same thing? And is, it, is the backhand topspin a harder stroke to learn than the forehand topspin? Um. So if the ball goes to the backhand side, yeah, same thing. The, the, the principle's the same. You want to try and make that backhand attack. Is it a more difficult stroke? I don't think so. I think uh, players don't utilise it as much and players don't practise it as much. So I think that's where um, you get into difficulties. So if you practise it, have confidence in what you're doing, the stroke is just as simple. In, in fact, some players actually feel like it's an easier stroke. It's a more natural type of stroke. Uh, the backhand topspin compared to the forehand topspin. So, so just have a go at it. Um, again, when you're looking at the the uh, lesson on the backhand topspin against backspin, take particular note of the start and finish positions and see if you can work work through those. Okay, yeah, good tips there. 
All right. So, yeah, any long balls, yeah, try and attack them. And if you can't do that, work on your tossing strokes till you get them to a level where you can. So important in table tennis to, to attack those long balls. All right. Next up, Dakota has a question. With a push that would bounce off the end of the table, if being in position isn't an issue, what is the difference in brushing and arm speed if attempting to topspin the ball while it is still over the table to compare to when it's off the end of the table? Okay. So, Dakota, here, um, the, the difference is that if you are over the table or contacting the ball over the table, uh, by nature, you have to have your bat more closed because you, you can't come through the table this way. So you've got to have your bat more closed um, and over the ball, so you need to contact the ball there. That means that to generate the um, enough um, lift to get that ball over the net, the bat needs to be coming through much faster. If the bat comes through slowly, the ball will just drop off especially if the ball's got some backspin on it. So the ball's just going to drop off there. So you need to really rip through that contact to um, to generate enough speed and lift to get it over the net. Um, on the other hand, if the ball is long and off the end of the table, then you are able to have more of a vertical stroke because the table isn't in the way anymore. So your stroke can be more vertical. So because of the vertical nature of the stroke, then you don't need to have as much speed with your uh, contact to lift the ball over the net because the angle, whoops, the angle of your stroke is what's lifting it over the net. Yeah, so hope you understand that's a little bit complex, but um, yeah, just um, just think about if, if you're coming over the table, you need to have a fast contact. If it's off the end of the table, you can have a more vertical and slower contact. Yeah, good point there, Alois. The the thing, though, is if you let it come off the end of the table, you can have the slower and more vertical contact because the table's not in the way, but you still can have a, a faster and more um, vertical, uh, more horizontal contact if you want to, can't you? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So so then you've, then you've got the option, I suppose. So when the ball's longer, you've got the option of brushing through and uh, over the ball or having the more vertical stroke. But if it's over the table, you haven't got that option. It has to be a more horizontal stroke, yeah. Great. All right. Hopefully that answered your question, Dakota. Leave a comment to let us know if that helped you. All right. Um, next up is a question from Nico who says, how can we choose our receiving positions? The left corner, the centre of the table, close to the table or not? What's, what's our thought process for choosing the receiving position, Alice? Yeah, so the main thing there is uh, where your, uh, your opponent's serving from. So that's the first thing. And also then the type of serves that your opponent um, is doing to you in general. So, so for example, if you're serving to me... And if you move all the way over there to serve, I'm going to move over here to um, to cut off the angle that you are now able to do. If you go over there, I'm going to move over this way again to cover the angle that you've now got uh, with your serve. If you're more in, in the middle, then I'm going to position myself more in the middle. Then uh, similarly, if you're serving a lot of fast serves at me, I might take a little step back, but... It doesn't need to be two metres back. All we're talking about is maybe 
30 centimeters and that's it you know a foot uh, just move back a foot or even less and that'll give you enough time to cope with the faster serves but still be able to come in and play the shorter serves so yeah so just use those as a guide um, as to where you're positioning yourself and we've got a we've got a good lesson on that um, in our receiving secrets area so um, so that's that, that'd be a really good one for you to have a look at yeah good points there and thanks for the question and Nico now um, next up is a question from Omkar who says I'm not able to play my forehand strokes properly my stance first was to squat a little towards my right-hand side and playing defensive. Now I stand parallel to the table, but I still find it's very awkward to play forehand shots. Please help. Uh, yeah. So I, th I think what is probably happening there is um, you just need to think about a little bit more rotation with your body when you're playing your forehand. So if your feet are square onto the table then you need to utilize your waist to turn so that you can hit the ball. So if you're really square on, you're going to end up tending to push at the ball. Um, so um, rotate the upper half of your body and then you can play a, a much better forehand stroke. So you yeah, give that a go. See how that goes. Okay. Yeah, so um, I guess that rotation just gets you in a nice side-on position some players, is it okay to put your foot a little bit back or is that going to make the backhand a little bit too hard? Yeah, I mean, if you've got time, then definitely think about turning your feet as well. So so turn your feet and that will automatically turn your body to make that stroke. If you haven't got time, then your feet need to stay there and you need to just turn, uh, rotate the upper half of your body. Great, got it. All right, thanks for the question, Omkar. Now, um, Brock has a question for us, Alois. He says, if someone serves short and low, do you prefer a push or a flick to return? Ah, yes, good question. Um, me personally, I prefer to push it. Why? Because it then gives me the ball that I'm looking for. So I like playing topspin off backspin. So if I push the ball, I'm going to generally get a push response back as long as I keep my push um, nice and short and low. So so that's what suits me. Other players like a more open game. So they if they flick the ball, then uh, the response that's going to come back is more of a counter hit or a topspin type ball that you can play. So just depends on what type of um, stroke you like to, to play to play off, I suppose. So, yeah, for me, I like to push it, um, but other players are really good at making the flick and, and that suits their game. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. All right. Now, Valentin has also jumped on and asked a question using the Google Q&A app, and he said, hey, recently me and a buddy of mine have been trying to set a record for the most counter hits. Do you think we should try and increase the counter hits we can execute in one rally or should I return to my regular training schedule like multi-ball, etc.? I think I think it's fun to do both, Valentin. So, um, you know, it, it's really good to set yourself a challenge of how many counter hits you can do um, in a row. Like it's, yeah, and, and recently we had, a, we had a comment that someone 
put on and to say that they did 15,000? Um, yeah, it was Brock's, Brock's rival. That's right, it was. It was Brock. How could I forget? It was Brock's rival. Said he got 15,000. Now, Dieter, um, loving his numbers, of course, has said, the best players in our club can probably hit two counter hits per second per person consistently for some time. They would spend more than two hours on 15,000 at such a rhythm. So that's a, that's a long time. He says it's virtually impossible that they'd never miss a ball at that rhythm, so they would have to slow down to less than one second to keep consistency, and that would make, take them more than four hours, which starts looking like record attempts, and the strain of time starts kicking in. In short, he's a bit sceptical about anyone doing 15,000 counter-hits casually. So you could try for 15,000, but just try to do as many as you can. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd start with, you know, 10 and then go to 50, then 100, you know. Um, Not 15,000? No, target. I don't think I'd have the patience. Like, as Dita said, it's a long time. I, I don't think so. There was a, you know, once, Alois, me and a friend thought we might attempt to set the world's longest table tennis rally world record. And I think that was set recently maybe by Dan Ives and his dad or someone, I don't know, just... Not that long ago. Yeah, that's right. Yep. But, yeah, we thought we would have a bit of a practice session and just see how, you know, it would go. We weren't going to go for the world record. We just thought we'll just practice it. And so we started and, like, just really slowly hitting it back and forwards, back and forwards. And um, then my friend decided after about two hours that he'd try and get a drink just to see what it would be like because you might need a drink if you're going to be playing for eight hours. And he sort of got the drink Went to have a drink and then just missed the ball, rally over, and that was the end of our world record attempt. We never got back to it. <laughs> Two hours. That's not bad. Two hours is good. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nowhere near the world record, though. I think it's maybe eight hours or something. I have to have a look. Yeah. And imagine, imagine how much you'd need to shave after that, Jeff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So for, for Valentine, you think, you know, maybe do a bit of both just for some fun? Yeah. I, I forgot about Valentine. Sorry, Valentine. Yes. Your question. Let's get back to your question. Yeah. So definitely do a little bit of both. You know, like consistency is important just to get that um, ability to, to keep that ball on the table and, and the control. Um, but the, then you'd also need to do some multi ball type drills, you know, some faster things. Um, it's trying to develop your strokes, your particular strokes. So, yes, table tennis practice is about a whole lot of things. And, yeah, just just do a bit, bit, of, bit of everything. Yeah, so you definitely don't want to only do the counter hits. No. So, um, you know, in our 52-week training plan that we have, you know, we, we tend to um, uh, have four-week blocks or four-session blocks of things that you're focusing on. So our first four um, is on consistency, and then we move on to different areas that we focus on. So that's that's a, a good way for you to think about it. So, you know, it's not about, like, I'm going to do consistency and that's it, that's all I'm going to do ever. Um, you might focus on consistency for a while and then you'll focus on something else uh, with your game. Yeah, exactly. Focus on your footwork or speed or spin, lots of lots of different areas. Hopefully that helps you out and, you know, good to see you um, trying to set some records there. 
Okay, now Brock says, I have a great question. You say that the start and finish position are important, but isn't it good if you do a great forehand topspin without the start and finish position? Huh? So I think what he's saying is, if I hit a great forehand and it's not done properly, but it still goes on for a winner, isn't that still great? Ah, interesting. Well, yeah, it is. It's a good shot. But you know what? I'm thinking about long term. You know, how many times is that going to go on? In a, in a game situation, if you're trying to improve get, winning matches, right? If you do that same shot 10 times and you miss it seven, you lose. So that's why it's really important to do good shots, correct shots. Exactly. That, that's just my take on it. No, absolutely. If you play the correct strokes with the correct technique, you're going to be able to hit the ball harder and faster and be more consistent. So it just makes sense to develop the correct start and finish position. Good question, though, Brock. All right, Alois, um, what I need is for everybody watching to go to pingskills.com and sign up for our free newsletter so you can get great weekly tips and, you know, get involved with Ping Skills. Ask us a question on our site using the Ask the Coach or leave a comment to the Ping Skills question today on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. So get involved. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to the show. And thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff. And don't forget to use the vault as well when you get there. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you tomorrow.